Bridging Transition, Adapting to Change with Dr. Ian Brooks. Are our transitions hard for you? Whether we like it or not, transitions are part of our life. Changes are bound to happen. We just face a big transition when everything closed because of the COVID, and now we are facing another big transition as everything opens. So how do you manage these transitions successfully and adapt to change without becoming stressed or anxious? Would you like to learn? Then give us some thumbs up. Welcome to Happy and Healthy Mind. My name is Dr. Rosina, and over the last 20 years, I have been serving as a medical doctor specializing in psychiatry, a best-selling author, and a transformative speaker. I believe that our mind is the software that runs the hardware of our brain and our body. Therefore, I share practical tips for your mental fitness over here so you can live your best life without unnecessary suffering and burnout. The purpose of this program is educational, so please consult your healthcare professional for any treatment advice. Our mission is to bring health and happiness to more than a million people. So if you find any value, please like, subscribe, and share so more people can benefit and live happier and healthier life. So in today's program, our guest is Dr. Ian Brooks. Thank you, Dr. Ian, for joining us today. Oh, thank you, Dr. Rosina. Great to be here. Um, so we'll be discussing some practical tips to adapt to change. Dr. Ian Brook is the CEO and founder of Rhodes Smith Consulting and author of the book, Intention, Building Capabilities to Transform Your Story. Beginning his career in clinical psychology ward, then transitioned to work with higher functioning individuals, Dr. Ian Brook has spent 25 years helping people change their stories and adjusted changes. So Dr. Ian, can you tell us a story of somebody that you have helped through the transition, how, what kind of problems they were going through before and once they adopted those uh, changes to adopt to change, mm -hmm. uh, how did their life change? No, absolutely, Dr. Rosina, and thank you for, again for having me. Um, I think we all can embark upon a journey and offer a story around transitions that we've all gone through where we've been maybe successful in one area of our lives, but try to do something different, but struggle to match that same level of success. Um, I've worked with a number of clients across, across my years, but there's one particular example I'll bring up. Um, it was regarding a, a woman I was coaching of whom called me and she called me one day out of the blue just, and she wanted a coach. And as we were talking, she did not really understand the reason that she needed a coach. Um, this woman, um, by all intents and purposes, was extremely successful. Um, she was coming up on the retirement from one of her careers that she had um, working within the school system. Um, she was also had a, uh, a very strong clinical practice that she was also running with multiple clients of whom that she was taking care of. She was also the CEO of a small business that was taking off an online business that she was doing family members and friends and it was starting to really take traction across a number of different areas of, of the country. And so it was expanding her in a lot of different ways. So when she actually called me, she just listed out all the wonderful things that I just mentioned right now. But the one thing that she really couldn't put her finger on was the feeling of being overwhelmed. All she needed was something. She just needed something different, something feeling, something new, something that she had control over. She wanted, as we began to have a conversation, felt as though she was taking on a lot of work. 
because everything that made her successful in her previous role as within the school system, which required strategic thinking, which required her putting plans together and then giving them to others. It, with her burgeoning clinical practice with clients where she was being the listener, the advocate, the supporter, still putting plans together and then allowing her clients to then move forward on their own. And then finally, as she was coming together as the CEO of the small business, coming together with a strategy, planning, and then giving it off to others. What was a common thread across all of that was that she was overwhelmed, but it was that overwhelm was from a fear of being able to delegate. In that context and through our conversation, she didn't realize throughout the fabric of what had made her successful throughout the, her entire career, one of which she was retiring from, another that she was in the middle of, and one that she was just starting, had a consistent theme. And that feeling or theme was that she could not delegate and it was showing itself as being, I'm overwhelmed from a feeling standpoint. And so that was one of the bigger challenges and aha moments for her to actually acknowledge that she was feeling overwhelmed, but that overwhelmed feeling was a result of what is she willing to let go? What level of control did she really need to be a successful clinician or to be a successful CEO in this new role? I've seen that all, uh, like, you know, all the time. So many people go through those when they're going through these transition, although it may be exciting, that's what mm -hmm. they want to do, but still it becomes overwhelming. So transitions sometimes are overwhelming. So I'm mm -hmm. sure you taught her a bunch of things that helped her. Tell me how did her life change after she applied some of the tools that you're going to teach us today? Yeah, after applying some of the tools, one of the first being that she was able to now step back and see where she needed to change herself and her behaviors, we were able to actually identify those situations and circumstances upfront of what she was willing to delegate and more specifically what she could let go of. That would be a, a direct result and lead towards being less overwhelmed, being that we can build more trust for her, also being able to delegate so she didn't feel accountable to do everything and need to be in every single meeting while also balancing her free time so that she can actually spend time with her friends and family as a retiree should um, from her one role and it really invest in herself in her own downtime. It really offered a springboard through our three months of working together to actually see how this one activity of feeling overwhelmed and the activity surrounding it, we actually made some changes in particular so that she could actually propel them from a work experience standpoint, as well as a life changing experience on what she thought about and as importantly, what she action she took moving forward. That's wonderful. Yeah, we would love to learn um, some of those tools that you taught, taught her. But before we do that, tell us like, how did you become interested in this topic and you ended up writing the book on this topic? Yeah, it's, a, it's a, been a wonderful journey um, of writing this book. It, this book came in two forms. The first word was directed towards my clients. Um, I recognize common themes, no different than the woman I just described, on where they constantly seemed to struggle through this transformational process. What were the key points that they really, we always had to come back to, or I had to reinforce? And because of that, I just started writing notes to myself. Like, oh, remember when I'm talking to this client up front, let's talk about points one, two, and three. 
as an offer a reminder for myself and for my clients that they could then take for themselves to move forward. As I started to put that together and when I wanted to write the book, it was really a, an opportunity to be a guide for when I'm not there, offering a liberating experience of exploration where while I can ask questions, probing questions that we may not ask ourselves, but are afforded as clinicians or coaches, it afford, afforded me a chance to put something down on paper. But as I was going through that journey, and when I created the first version of this book, I realized when I was starting to read the book back to myself and see the points that I was making, and I really wasn't saying much. I wasn't being articulate in a way that really ex expounded upon my own perspective. And as such, this book offered me an opportunity to actually go deeper in a way that I haven't, as a coach or a clinician, hadn't allowed myself to afford myself to do with my clients. As we know, you know, Dr. Rosina, you know, as clinicians and, and coaches sometimes, not sometimes, one of the chief responsibilities is do right by the client and that's putting them at the forefront. Well, writing this book required me to be in the forefront and putting my thoughts out there, my opinions versus offering a judgment or analysis. It really was for me to be out there. And what I realized in that first version was I was being too much of the clinician, too much of the coach, which means I was too much in the background. And because of that, the book was not effective. So in that respect, I scrapped the entire first version of this book and realized that I needed to take the own my own advice of what I was offering my coachees that I need needed to apply it to myself. And I had a choice to either take that advice or not. And because I took my own advice and followed my own practices, it, that journey afforded me to become the author this book needed me to be. And as such, the, what we'll go through and talk about today in the five areas of strength, specifically on building capabilities that I applied not only for my clients, but as important to myself for my own transformation. Wonderful. I, I am curious to learn. So go ahead, please jump in. Sure. So at its um, core, intention, building your capabilities to transform your story is a guide. And it offers guiding principles, as I mentioned, that creates a liberating experience where I'm challenging belief templates and patterns so that we're restructuring our, the meaning and what we perceive for our life and the behaviors and even how we think as we move forward. As such, this book centers around in a number of different areas, but more specifically, I want to focus on the five key areas that the book it, chapters are based on and that the experience is built on, both from a coaching perspective, thinking, feeling, and doing, so that we can transform our stories and capabilities. I focus on the word capabilities prior to going into these areas because it's about the behaviors. It's never about an end result. As I described the woman earlier, her end result and feeling was overwhelmed. But the capabilities were about her ability to delegate, her ability to trust, building the capability to let go, building balance. Those- I mean, We don't have the control on what's going to happen, but we have the control on how, what we are going to do about it. Absolutely. And in that respect, those, and those behaviors are also transferable to other situations. One of the challenges that I face with a lot of my clients is that they're looking for an end result and they think that they are done. There's never one end result and we are never done. Thus, when we focus on capabilities, 
we can then transfer them over to different situations and then adjust them as necessary and continue to build. So the first capability that I focus on with my clients is focuses around the idea of discovery. Here, the intention is to expand the awareness beyond the challenges that were presented and exploring into what wish we are trying to solve. We don't necessarily need to say that all things changing are because we're challenged by them. It could be that we're in a place of success and we want to grow and take another step forward. So I also wanna acknowledge that when we think about this from a discovery standpoint. The way in which our needs sometimes uh, are present themselves often mask themselves in underlying decisions. As I alluded to in the woman who felt overwhelmed, the underlying decisions were that she wasn't willing to delegate, that she took on so much control that she couldn't let go. And what was that underlying decision at the surface was she felt overwhelmed and that's how it showed up. So the goal through discovery is to uncover those previous decisions and frameworks that will influence how you achieve your change. Again, how do the, you discover that? Yes. So the first part is I talk about it in the book. One of the first things that we do from that discovery is in order for this to be true, what do I have to assume? So in, in my client's case for being overwhelmed, what do I have to assume about her being overwhelmed? So what factors associated with that being overwhelmed? What, when does that feeling of overwhelm come up? And so I had her start listing out those different scenarios in different situations, be it people, places, or things in her life that actually influenced those decisions and or, by the way, specifically created her being overwhelmed. Because of that, I was able then to create a, a consistent theme or themes that were associated with that particular feeling. And as such, was able to uncover and discover what the true es essence of what we are solving for recognizing that the feeling of overwhelmed is just a culmination of other, other pieces. And so we discovered those situations in particular. So your first step is to discover yes. what is the underlying cause for your feeling stressed or overwhelmed when you're going through these transitions. Absolutely. Or we can even take it to the context of, I want a new job. Okay, let's discover what does a new job mean? Does that mean a new title? Does that need mean absolutely doing something, going from a clinical psychologist to now working in organizations? Does that mean moving? What does that mean? And let's discover the truths behind. What does it mean to have a job and what values we're looking for? So it's not only the feeling, but it's also even what we're applying and what we're trying to achieve from an end result standpoint. Yeah, sometimes yeah. they become a bit ostensible reasons for doing things, but that may be something underlying. Abs so absolutely. Yeah, so that's wonderful. So that is the first step to discover. What's first the second step. step? The second capability that I focus on is the principle of you. The principle of you. You know, what we identify as targets of change usually overlooks the acknowledgement of who we are as people. Just inherently what we bring to the table. We all have characters of within ourselves. We are the authors, we're the uh, playwrights, we are the characters, we create the sets to our own stories. And as such, we have characters that influence, influence what we do and when we do it. Now, I wanna distinguish characters real particularly because sometimes we get caught up in characters as being, I'm a brother, I'm a sibling, I am a father, 
I am a VP. I am a mother. I'm a chef. All of those are titles bestowed upon us with good merit and by some level of hierarchy or designation to put us in a box. But those aren't the characters of which I'm describing. The characters I'm describing are of the variety of, I'm Mr. Know-it-all. I'm Mr. Degree. I'm shy. Characters that are behaviors that we actually demonstrate in certain situations. So imagine going back home and you have a large family and the role that you played in your family is probably a role that you assume for you the duration of your life. Even if you move away thousand upon thousand miles away, we all have a role. So I'll give you an example. One of my characters is Mr. Degree. Early on, I thought in my life, in order to be smart, my validation had to come through degrees. So in that respect, I got my master's degree. I got my PhD, separate PhD. I have a certified personal training degree. I have a bartending degree. I also have a customer service degree. Now, each one in and of themselves, I appreciate them all. I've had wonderful experiences and journey getting them all. I also have loans to pay as a result of each, but that's <laughs> a different dialogue. But the principle specifically in the character I created was I needed a degree for a sense source of validation. Mm. As such, think about how that play, would play itself out in making decisions and doing something that's different and new. If I take that Mr. Degree mentality, it affords me a chance to say that I need to have training before doing anything. That puts me in a box and limits me in a number of different ways. So as we think about the principle of you and the characters and the associations associated and given my example of Mr. Degree, imagine what that does as you're looking to do something different, as you're looking to embark upon that. Now we all have different characters, right? Just because I'm Mr. Degree, I could have four other, Mr. Four other um, characters. As I mentioned, I'm gonna associate Mr. Know-it-all. Well, because I have all these degrees, I gotta know it all, right? Um, I've got to, you know, Mr. Take a Chance or whatever that might be for you. It could be the Abominable Snowman. I was working a client once and one of his characters was the Abominable Snowman from the Bugs Bunny and Daffy Duck cartoon. In the cartoon, the Abominable Snowman, all he wanted was a pet. And it just so happens that Daffy Duck and, and, and Bugs Bunny happened to be there. But he loved the company so much that he squeezed both of them until their ears popped and their eyes got drawn and everything else. So basically he was killing them, but he loved them so much because he wanted them to be there. This client of mine, he was an abominable snowman. He wanted a job so much that he was derailing himself in a, being able to achieve it by doing too much, taking on too much work, not being able to follow through because he had too much work. And then he was stressing himself out. And so thus, guess what he did? He did even more. <laughs> so he's going right back in the cycle. Yeah, so a lot of people, like, you know, me too, many times, we keep on repeating the same cycle because that's mm -hmm. what we know. So what's yeah. your second, like, you know, uh, take home point after you discover that you're doing this, what do you mm -hmm. do? What is the next capability that you're trying to? Once you, once you understand that capability and not to be lost in the principle of you, it's also inclusive of your environment because it's just not you who does it. You established your life around it. So think about the people, places, and things that keep you there. 
because your characters and your environment are there to keep you safe. Mm -hmm. It's about survival at that point. All of this is a point of acknowledgement from the principle of view, the saying that it's not necessarily bad that you have these characters. It's not bad that you do these things or your environment's this way. What this does mean it is it creates curiosity, clarity, and more importantly, bringing to conscious who you are. Because who you are is gonna in fact impact your third capability. And that is your direction. The plans that you put in place that associate with what we just discovered in your first, first capability of what truly you need to solve. Secondly, coupled with the second capability of the principle of you, now you have a plan that's built on authenticity and clarity on what you're now able to do. Also asking you to answer the question of what am I willing to do? Because just because we see an end result doesn't mean we're willing to take the steps to actually do it. And the third piece it affords us to do is to build a plan based off of that that is intentional, that is very focused and puts us in a position of success. And success is framed in the building behaviors with awareness versus achievements from an unknown. And again, building plans based off of what you want and acknowledging what you're willing and unwilling to do is extremely important. So that's the fourth one? Oh, that's the third is the direction. Okay. What's the fourth one? Now the fourth capability is experience. So imagine you've gone through the first three capabilities of discovery, principle of view, and the, and the direction. Now you've got that. You really haven't taken any direction or uh, taken any steps yet. You've just been thinking up to this point. You've been acknowledging, understanding your feelings, understanding, acknowledging who you are. Now it's about putting it all together and building out specific situations in which you can now go out and apply it. Looking at it from a perspective of not to say you have to do this every week, but picking out or every day, excuse me, but picking out certain situations of where you're going to apply your behaviors. What situations can you look out from an entire week and say, I'm going to apply my behavior in one, two, three areas. That way I can build momentum. That way I can use tasks of futility or excuse me, minimize tasks of futility and increase my consolidation of movements. And I'll explain the two. Tasks of futility are, are tasks that we often do just because we do them and they waste our time. Because we're used to. We're used to it, right? <laughs> we're so used to it. It's like there's situations that um, we're, we, we go to one room and we pick something up, then we come back to the, to, to the kitchen and like, darn it, I have to go back to the room, to, this other room to pick up this other stuff anyway. I, I just wasted my time. So we're looking for instances where we're consolidating our movements and and minimizing our tasks of futility. Consolidating our movements also means we're thinking for, you know, um, having forethought around what we're gonna do and how we're gonna do it. And the reason that's important in these situations is, is because we wanna put ourselves in a position to respond versus react. Response means I'm prepared for it, but don't necessarily know it's coming, but at least I know how I can react, uh, respond to it. A reaction is often assumed to be I had no idea this was going to happen. I'm not prepared. I'm more likely to go back to my, my resources and things that made me successful before because if I was successful at it, or maybe if I wasn't successful at it before, at least I'm comfortable doing it. Right. It's kind and of now a I'm wasting time. reaction. Absolutely. And we're trying to minimize those reactions and putting ourselves in a position to respond. In these experiences, in that capability, it affords us a chance to, to move forward in a specific way each week. Wonderful. with specific situations. And that's the fourth capability. What about the fifth one? 
The fifth capability is around attunement. Attunement is around being able to take a step back and pausing, processing and reflecting. Pausing our day and get, getting outside the noise, taking a moment to really reflect on what did we just experience? Was I living to what I said I was going to do? Is it still a priority? How did my character show up? How did I show up? What feelings and emotions came out as a result of this? It affords us to take a stock in what we said we were going to do. It's not a chance to offer judgment because oftentimes when we don't do something, we beat ourselves up, right? Um, it's one of those, those last things that we always do when we don't do something like, darn it, I didn't do this, and then we give up. This affords us a chance to say, you know what? Here are the few situations I tried it. It didn't work. And now you're building yourself a chance to give, check and adjust. It gives us a chance to now say, you know what? I noticed what I did. I acknowledge it. Thank you very much. Now I have an opportunity to do something different in the next moment and within the next week. That's wonderful. Wonderful. So yeah. by following those five steps, you can identify what is causing you to feel stress in, in the situation of change mm -hmm. and take the steps so that you can deal with it successfully. Wonderful. Sure. So tell me um, if people don't take these steps and mm -hmm. intentionally adopt to change, what kind of problems they can get into? Yeah, um, we get into a lot of problems associated with not being able to take these steps in a very specific and an intentional way. And while I describe the steps in a very linear fashion of one, two, three, four, five, um, they, we're always moving around all of them, right? So it's kind of like a circle and we're, it's zigzag sometimes as well. So it's not meant to be a straight line. But the challenge is by not thinking through upfront of discovering what we're really solving for and understanding who you are diminishes our ability to actually sustain and, and integrate any new behaviors into our life. We often just jump directly to plan and execute, right? Because it's a problem. We need right. to do this right here, right now. And now we're just reacting. That is a problem because often what's the biggest complaint we have around change? It can't be sustained. Why, why, yeah. what, 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 I, I can't sustain this. How do I sustain? How do I sustain this? Or what do I need to do? Just tell me what to do. It's like, well, let's backtrack this a little bit. That was our initial issue. Yeah. We can't sustain. So where does this start from? So people are not able to sustain. People kind of become more overwhelmed and then they are not able to get the results that they are capable of. Absolutely. And they've quit. Now they go right back to say yeah. that they don't like that they don't like it. They don't like they don't need this goal yeah. or they start another goal brand new because, oh, I just had the wrong goal. Let me just yeah. start something brand new. It's like, well, no, you didn't put yourself, you didn't set yourself up for success. Yeah. You didn't establish a foundation in order for you to be successful, yeah. whatever that might be. So your message you're saying is like, you know, prepare ahead of, you know, think through these things, understand yourself. And so when yes. we people do that, like, you know, I always suggest people do journaling because that really mm -hmm. helps, helps with this discovery and, and intentional uh, planning. Mm -hmm. And so if people do these things, um, what kind of benefits people can get? Yeah, they, there's a huge benefit from it. Number one, it increases their likelihood to sustain any change that they get. I think the second thing that they'll receive is that, as I mentioned earlier, it's a liberating experience that we're challenging our templates and what we're able to do and see. That the behaviors that we're really focusing on, that we're really building so that we can have capabilities are transferable to other things in our life. That, that is just not for one situation. 
So now it's going to be applicable to different things that we're experiencing and the changes that we create ourselves or changes that are created for us. Right. As a result, we'll be stronger individuals and more adaptable to respond versus panicking to react. Wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. So if we are flexible, we can rebound. Um, mm-hmm. But if we are stiff, then we break. Yes. So let's wrap up the message. What, do you have any specific message for our audience? Yes, I, yes, I do. And it, it'll come in the form of a quote. And the message is, and you actually touched upon it, and that is, he who does not lay his foundations beforehand may by great abilities do so afterwards, although with great trouble to the architect and danger to the building. And that was by Niccolo Machiavelli. And the reason why I put I love that quote, and that's the lasting message I'm going to leave, with, leave you with is the foundations of what you're starting start with the discovery of the true issue that, and growth you want to see. It starts with you and who you are. But while with great ability, I have confidence that you can achieve anything that you want, and that I'm confident about. But understand that as you embark upon that journey, if we don't have the right foundation, it will be great trouble to you and danger to the whole fabric of the environment that you've laid for yourself. So why not put yourself and set yourself for success with intention? Wonderful. Thank you so much. You were saying that you're going to share a gift uh, in form of the PDF from your book, where people can reach you uh, to read more about you. Sure. They can reach me at rhodessmith.com. That's R-H-O-D-E-S-S-M-I-T-H.com. There they can find more information about myself, Rhodes Smith, and the history of Rhodes Smith, as well as they'll find write-ups about intention, as well as different podcasts, such as this one, and other coaching experiences, both group and individual coaching that I conduct. Also, they can find real-time information from me from uh, social media through Twitter and Instagram at Dr. B underscore intention. Wonderful. Thank you so much. And uh, we are also going to put the gift that you are going to share on our happyandhealthymind.com, where we collect all the gifts from the guests on this program. And as uh, if anybody wants to get a reminder for these programs, you can text the word joyful, J-O-Y-F-U-L, to the number 38470. And we'd be happy to send you the reminder and resource links. So now it's time for special. The special for today, let's do it. Keeping the topic of adapting to change. One of the biggest uh, reason people feel difficulty with the transition is because they feel it is not in their control. And so I share a little analogy with people that helps. Would you like to learn? Absolutely. Let me start with the Stephen Covey's analogy. I really love the way he describes the 90-10 rule. Okay, so basically, and, and uh, imagine the story that you have, uh, you have a kid, you're getting ready in the morning uh, on the breakfast table, the kid spills the coffee on your shirt and you get really upset and you, you see what you did. And then you go upstairs and start changing while you are changing. Uh, the kid is crying and trying to wipe. And while she is doing that, she misses the school bus. And so now, now there's further anger. So now you are really, really frustrated. Now you have to go drop her to the school. So now you're driving her to the school and she's crying all the time and your mood is getting upset. You drop her and then you drive to the work. There is traffic on the road and you reach to the office and to find that 
all the papers and the briefcase that you needed for your presentation, you forgot at home. How would you feel? Really frustrated, right? And then you can blame, you can blame your kid for spilling the coffee. You can blame the traffic. You can blame all the circumstances and you would feel really overwhelmed. Let's change the scenario a little bit. All right, so now shift. So the same thing happens. You're sitting on the coffee table and the kid drops the coffee on your, on your shirt and you say, oh my God. And then you catch yourself. And instead of reacting with anger, you say, uh, it's okay, please uh, just wipe it. I'll be back in a minute. So you calm yourself down, you go upstairs, you change, you come down, you drop your daughter to school. You're not fuming and therefore you don't, you remember to pick the briefcase and you reach to office and you're able to do the presentation. Or in case you do forget it, you calm yourself down and you, you say, well, we'll do the best we can with the circumstances we have. So you see these two circumstances, you know, situation uh, A, you felt really, really upset and everything started happening negatively from there. And situation B, something that happened like coffee spilling on the shirt that was not in your control. But then the way you reacted helped you calm down and cope with the situation better. So now tell me how much of this whole scenario was in your control and how much of this whole scenario was not in your control? Ian. Yeah, you know, I, I think uh, a lot of it, uh, some, a lot of it's in my control, um, more specifically how I feel and in that, in how I respond. How you respond. So that first, first event, that 10% of the event was not in your control, but the rest mm -hmm. of things that kept on happening was because of your reaction. So mm -hmm. your reaction is the 90%, whatever you face, 90% of it is because of your response or your reaction to the situation. When you react with the knee jerk reaction, things start piling up and you feel everything is out of your control, but actually everything is happening because of your reaction to those situations. And in any moment, there is 90% of your things that are in your control based on how you re react to it. And only 10% is what is out of your control. So if, if whenever there is a transition, I always kind of think about this analogy and that really helps because what happens is, that whenever whenever there is a change there when there, whenever there is a transition that is imposed on you the biggest reason people feel overwhelmed is because they feel it is not in their control it is imposed on them so yesterday i was talking to a person and she said i was forced to decide and i felt pressure to decide and 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 she was feeling really negative about it i said what if you change the thought to i was given a choice and so I was given a choice and I chose this because of this, this, this thing. And so suddenly he says, okay, yeah, if I put it in that perspective, then it's an opportunity. So any change that comes to you could be a cause of suffering. If you feel that, you know, it is, uh, it's the worst possible thing which is going to happen, or it can change into opportunity for growth. If you see, if you think that, hey, this is an opportunity for, for change. Uh, let me see what other doors are opening as this door is closing. And that would allow you to 
find the best possible solution in that situation and the future is depending on how you respond to that situation let me leave you on this question every day is a new opportunity every day presents different changes different transition what do you choose are you going to choose to feel upset angry and just complain about it and allow it to keep bringing worse situation to you or are you going to choose to step back calm down and then respond with intention so you can make that challenge an opportunity for growth so on that question i leave you stay safe happy and healthy till next time dr rosina thank you dr ian 